Hi. Hi, Lucinda. Hi, Ellie. How are you? Uh, how are you? <laughs> great. We're great. We're out of lockdown. Yeah. It's so nice to be out of lockdown, but I feel like I've changed. Like, I've discovered things <laughs> about myself and... Uh, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> Been to some dark places. Yeah. Inside yeah. my own house. Nowhere else. <laughs> <laughs> This is the first time I've left my house since the end of lockdown. And I don't think I'm going to leave my house a lot because, like, I don't want to get COVID. Ah, uh, I don't want COVID either. And that's what makes us an edgy podcast. But we are vaccinated. Vaccinated. Very vaccinated. <laughs> very vaccinated. Uh, really ready to take on COVID. Yes. Um, but welcome to Out of Our Open Minds, the weekly Star Trek podcast <laughs> that we host about the original series of Star Trek. Correct. Um, it's a very special episode, Ellie. It's a special episode because for the second time... Well, first I think we should say uh, today we watched the episode Errand of Mercy, mm-hmm. which was the introduction of the Klingon Empire. Mm-hmm. And we're joined by our very special guest who has been very quiet. Second very guest early. ever. Second guest ever. Welcome to Sophia Halpin. Why, hello. It's lovely to be here. Thank you for inviting me to your very groundbreaking podcast. Now, Fia, you need to tell us about your experience of Star Trek, because famously, Ellie is a nerd that knows everything about Star Trek. Correct. And I'm a cool jock who doesn't know anything about any sci-fi whatsoever. Disputable. Where do you lie within the the, the, the scale? The spectrum. The spectrum, thank you, between our, our two experiences. Well, I am, in fact, uh, right in between you, not just physically on this couch, <laughs> but also um, in terms of that scale i did watch my first ever star trek with ellie when she watched her first ever star trek we in fact watched our first ever star trek together and it was the original series so this is a bit of a blast from the past amazing however unlike ellie i have not been as committed since then Mm -hmm. i have i did watch most of the original series we skimmed through a best of list of the original series i think we then watched Next. Three to four episodes of Next Gen. No, it's a bit more than that. We watched most of the first seasons of Next yeah. Gen. And I have then seen Discovery. I've seen all of the movies, which I watched in one go in a marathon, which Oof. was 9pm till 9am at Leicester Square Cinema. <laughs> it was a great decision, and I stand by it. It's also, and this is maybe the best answer to your question, mm-hmm. the first and only all-nighter I've ever done. <laughs> Oh, was yeah. watching a Star Trek movie. Oh, yeah. That's very sweet. Thank you. Um, and then, yeah, some Discovery and Picard and all the new ones. Um, yeah. But so we don't talk about those. We don't, we don't. We don't. It's not allowed. We're it's not allowed to acknowledge that on the podcast yeah. because we haven't made it that far. Because we have to watch all of them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> also because I hate the new ones. And I have definitely not seen the new movies because they are an abomination. J.J. Abrams. Yeah. Mm. And even if I had seen them, I wouldn't admit to it. Mm. I know you've seen one. <laughs> I was on a plane! <laughs> it doesn't count if you're in the sky. Yeah. I also watched Beyond with you. Really? Yes. Mm. I think we put it out of our mind because it's a very forgettable film. Which one was that? What happened? It's the third one. I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> I like they get lost on a planet. I think I think Idris Elba was in it. Um, Idris Elba was there. <laughs> we were watching it with Idris Elba <laughs> and Simon Pegg. We were at the red carpet screaming. Yeah. Um, cool guys, that's fun. I don't know any of these things, so like, great. 
cool. Let's fun. bully her with our Star Trek knowledge. Federation. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Speaking of Federation, um, we watched the episode. You can do it. We go on errands to another planet errands? and colonize them. Errands of, of many colonizations. Mercy. Mercies. Which takes its name from a line from a Charles Dickens book. I don't know which one. So they go on an errand of mercy, which is ironic because they don't experience a lot of mercy. Well, they ex- they don't express it. There's too mercy. much mercy. There's too much mercy. Okay. Should we start getting again? So, Captain Kirk is on his ship. Oh, can we also talk about the fact that William Shatner, the Captain Kirk oh, yeah. guy, Hot news. is going to be shot into space at the age of 90. And yes. I hope he stays there. Yes, we hope it. Well... I think we want him to come back to be on the podcast, right? Uh, but he has explicitly said on his Twitter bio, I no, do not do podcasts. But he will podcasts. come on out. But maybe once he gets into space and he sees how boring space is, he'll be like, yeah, sign me up to the fucking podcast. Yeah, I'm going to tell people how shit space is. He'll, he'll be like, okay, I'm going to be on a Star Trek podcast, but I need to research to find out what the, the worst... <laughs> Hell yes. Um, and then we can get Jeff Bezos on as well. Wait, is it Jeff Bezos sending him up? Jeffrey Bezos. Um, no, yes. we don't want him. No, it is. It is. It is. Yeah. Oh, yes. Maybe it could be a thinly veiled attempt to assassinate him. I do not attempt. I do not intend to it's assassinate Jeff, Jeff Bezos. That was a, a comedy. I'm not going to murder any let's, billionaires. Let's kill him in Minecraft. <laughs> anyway, so the episode. <laughs> um, they are in space, and they're like, "Hey, we're on the ship. We've got a mission." As per. Do you remember what the mission is? It's to go to a place. Well, it says that they're anticipating a surprise attack from the Klingons, which I feel is a contradiction in terms. Yeah, can you anticipate <laughs> a surprise attack? You can yes. anticipate a, an attack, um, but I guess if it was intended as a surprise attack, in the same way that you could um, predict a surprise party, it's still a surprise party, it's just like not a surprise to you. Plus, if politics works the same way they do on Earth in the 21st century, you have to issue an official declaration of war. So if you don't do that, then technically I suppose the Klingons were surprise attacking. So it's the first time we're meeting the Klingons, so that's a very exciting mm-hmm. episode. If we don't see them until, I want to say, 20 minutes in. Mm. So they go to this planet and they're like, hey guys, and they have this big conversation before they go to the planet where Kling- where Klingon, where Spock is like, this is the grade of civilization that these guys are at. And it's like slightly less. It's yeah, a G minus. Yeah. Which is a fail grade. Yeah, it's a fail grade. Um, and so they're like, they which... get sapped down and they're, they're like, why, why are they whoa, surprised whoa. to see us? We've skipped Sorry, over whoa, 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 whoa. We've I'm skipped over planet. a whole bit. Okay, okay, okay. So... Yeah, so they, 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 they have all this information about the Klingons, maybe surprise attacking, and the concern is that they're going to use this planet Organia as a uh, strategic launching point for an invasion. Um, Spock directly compares it to Belgium. Which... No, Kirk does, and Spock's like... Spock's Did I say like... Spock? Yeah. Oh, yeah. lol. Like, you idiot. You <laughs> idiot. You've got to edit out my you idiocy. Simpleton. <laughs> um, it's my job to confuse the characters. Okay, wait, let's... let's... No, Sophia, it wasn't Spock that said that. Let's cut that out. Um, c- <laughs> My look of outrage is not going to translate into the audio file. But... I'll write it in the end. Anyway, so, right, so yes, Kirk does um, compare Organia to Belgium, which, as we all know, the Nazis rolled through to circumvent the Maginot Line, or 
That's it, right? Measurement? We all know that. Yeah. And it's really great that you got to explain it because I knew it and everyone else did too. Now I sound like a World War II military history nerd. I'm not. I don't care about that. I just know that. You just care about in imaginary Star Trek. Wars. Yeah, yeah <laughs> totally. Right. Yeah. So anyway, the point is the Federation wants to get to Organia so they can stop the Klingons taking it over and using it as a launching point, um, which I, I love because, you know, there's a little like precursor to my hot political takes. Um, the implication being the Federation only care about Organia as, uh, in yeah. terms of stopping Tactical. the Klingons from, you know, mm. using it, as opposed to caring about the natives, who they describe as being, you know, primitive and stupid. In fairness, that might not be it. It might just be that the Federation knows that the Klingons would only worry about it because it's tactical. Mm -hmm. So they want to defend the Organians. I think you're putting a lot of, like, motive on... Kirk that doesn't exist. Like, it's nice to think that Kirk cares about that, but he's a big old himbo that just does what he's told. I, I think fear is what you've described is probably the initial intention for the Federation, but because... Okay, so here's a little trivia fact. Um, the Federation was intended to be analogous to... Anal analogous? Yeah, yeah, that's right. To the United States of America. Yes. Um, except Which Gene Roddenberry. Exactly. I love that country. Um, and I believe the Klingons were supposed to be analogous to the Soviet Union. Mm. We hate them. Oh, oh dirty communists. Oh, I hate communists. <laughs> Reds under the beds, etc. Yes, better better red than dead. Um, <laughs> so. Better red, dead than red. <laughs> better red, like R E A D. Like the bookshop. Like, yeah, like reading. Better red. Yeah. Shout out to Better Red Than Dead in Newtown. We're we not love sponsored. You. They could. No, they just, could. Just support them. They're good. Aldi, Aldi hasn't sponsored us yet, but. Maybe you better at one. Yeah, let's keep trying. We can do a live podcast. Anyway, I'm going to Okay, so because I know that the Federation was apparently intended by Gene Roddenberry to be um, a stand in for the United States, I'm less inclined to take a positive view because mm. I don't like America. And that's <gasps> my whole thing. Wait, take. what? Yes. I think it's bad. We've lost all of our American listeners. <laughs> no, no. Do we still have our Costa Rican listener? I'll have to check. <laughs> if you're a Costa Rican listener that I cannot understand how you found us, hey. It's like someone in Sydney using a VPN. <laughs> like, oh. Why would you say this? Sorry. To us? Why would you say it to us? We can't advertise as being, you know, international. Then. Why would you destroy our. Fear. We didn't invite you on the podcast for this. We have a Costa Rican listener. I'll just leave. Go back to my Costa Rican VPN. <laughs> anyway, so after they've had this little chat about how stupid these guys are they and how the, the Klingons are going... Pardon? They don't go to the planet yet. What do they do before then? They fight a Klingon. Hmm? A, ba yeah. a Klingon battlecruiser shows up. Oh, who cares? Mm. They go, pew, pew, pew. <laughs> They're CGI ships that go pew, 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 and then... They're like, let's go on the A D7 class Klingon cruiser shows Christ. up. Which I will always remember, because you can't really see it in this episode, but I always remember the D7s as being the, like, the sombrero hat ships, because they've got, like, <laughs> some engines, a long bit, um, which connects to the head, which is a little circle head, but then has, like, a flat bit on the top of that, and a little, like, kind of dome on the top of that. So it looks like the ship is wearing a Mexican hat, and that's how I remember the Klingon D7 class cruisers. Alright, um, okay, so they have a little pew-pew fight with, mm -hmm. um... And they wreck the Klingons. It's just a bunch of debris. Yeah. At the end of the fight. They killed a bunch of, they killed a bunch of people. Well, 
The Klingons did open fire first. That's true. I don't know how I've become like the Klingon defense club. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> now you became. You cannot, we do not stand Klingon apologists on the podcast. <laughs> you were actually defending the Federation, though. There. Oh, I was. Yeah. Ah, you're back. I'm the good. I'm defending America. Fuck. I, but you can't win. <laughs> the only way you can win is if you defend the Organians, yes. who are just chill dudes. Do stand the which we're getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah. Oh yeah. But, can we go on the planet now? Because I'm not c- concerned about space fights. I love a little a little um, explore on the planet. Mm. So they came down and they're like, why is no one surprised to see us? Because these dumb idiots have never seen anything before in their lives. They've why? just got some green goats. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then they're like, to show this is a crazy um, foreign land. Like, everyone's wearing, like, very kind of... Imagine, like, a, a, middle, a-, a middle ages, like, farmer. But, like, with a little bit more colour. That's like kind of the vibe. Spanish. Yes, very sort of like tomato Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Is that a term? Yeah, you got tomato Europe that. and potato Europe. So oh, think I like tomato that. Mediterranean. Yeah. 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 So you're thinking like Spain, Italy, Greece. Like it's all, they're all kind of wearing these short like tunics. And then just to show it's space, they've got like green goats. So it's just like a goat that they've kind of like half Heartedly <laughs> splash some food dye over. Yeah, like, they didn't give it a good go. Well, I think we can take that as a win because they didn't like paint the goat's face so that it had like probably lead paint dripping into <laughs> yeah. its eyes and nose. So you know. Take yeah, they, they just sort of washed through some food coloring and they're like, that'll do. <laughs> um, and then it took them like two seconds, and then a guy comes out and he's like, "Hi, I'm Alita. Come with me." And they're like, "Oh, okay. Ale- Aleborn. 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 Something like Aleborn. Um, and he's like. We're ruled by, you know, a class of elders. So they're like an oligarchy. I I think... Okay, here's my take, because mm-hmm. I want to be sympathetic to them. He says, we have no rulers. Yes. Um, but obviously, I think some societies still need, like, organisation. So I think they're just there as, like, the, the organising bureaucracy. In they're like an, a local council. Yeah, in, like, an anarchist society. Although that term probably doesn't mean anything... I mean, like, ancient Sparta had a council of elders as well, and they also had kings. Like, you can have mixed forms of government. True, but they also had slaves. Sparta. That's true. They mm-hmm. did, yeah. yeah. So, no one's perfect, and yeah. we're all trying our best. Spartans are cancelled. <laughs> One third of all property in ancient Sparta was owned by women, so... Yas, queen! Uh, yes! In Sparta, you can be a woman and own slaves. Yes, queen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Great. She's a girl boss. <laughs> <laughs> She's out there gatekeeping, yes. girl bossing, slay queening. Yes, whip those helots. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've lost track. So they've arrived on Organia. Yeah, and then they go to this council of elders, and these guys are like, hey, it's us, the council of elders, and they're all just these like old dudes, old white dudes, in these like um, tunics who are just like, Hey, by the way, we're super against violence. Hate it. And then, and then um, Kirk is just like, ew, yuck, hate that. Well, I quite like that. Because so, Kirk goes in being like, hey, it's really important that you welcome the Federation to defend your planet because otherwise the Klingons are going to use it. And oh, you won't like the Klingons. They're bad news. They're going to destroy everything. They're shitty. They're awful. They're going to make you slaves. It'll be bad. But we're great. Trust me. Yes, mm. I also noticed that. I loved that. Like, I, I don't know if it was intentional or not. Oh, surely. Yeah, because, okay, so the thing is, like, how I said that the Federation is supposed to be the United States, um, I think Gene Roddenberry did kind of mean that in a positive way. Like, he viewed the United States in a positive way, because, like, the guy was also a cop, I'm pretty sure. Mm. Um, 
He, I don't think he was as a radical leftist as people think he was. But, like, it did seem intentional, the way that Kirk was, like, going on this tirade of, like... And, and it, like, made me think of current US um, discourse about, like, Cuba and China and mm. how, like, all the foreign people in those awful countries are the worst ever and they're, like, they're slavers and they, like... But then, of course, the Klingons do show up and go, like... We're gonna slay it's you. It's all true. <laughs> we are terrible. Oh, we are terrible, and we love it. But we've got great outfits. Mm. Um, but I think that that's come up in like some of the previous episodes where they've essentially just been space cops. But I don't think that was intended in a bad way. Like Harry Mudd was a bad guy, and when they like arrest him, it's good that they've done so in the show. Yeah, like I feel like I don't know. We might be biased, but I feel like the audience was meant to be a bit cringe. At Kirk going into the Council of Elders and saying, like, trust us, we're superior, we're the best, we're great, the other guys are bad. Well, the, the ending kind of especially puts that in context as mm -hmm. well. We don't get ahead of ourselves, but I think the whole episode as a whole does lend itself to that interpretation. Yeah, I think it's interesting that they, you kind of have the Klingons and the Federation as kind of these two forces that are self-interested. Um... At least Kor, who's the head of the Klingons, getting ahead of myself, is sort of like honest about like, oh yeah, love violence, totally into it, gonna enslave all of you, gonna like split your brains apart, love it. <laughs> With Honestly, my it's mind splitter. Yeah. If you can put your mind to anything, you can achieve greatness. And I have, and I'm gonna murder everybody. <laughs> and I love it, it's my passion. Um, but yeah, it's they kind of are seen as these sort of equal, like, opposing forces. Mm. So I think that is really interesting, especially in that sort of, you know, Cold War, or po just post-Cold War era, yeah. um, where there was sort of that, that communist fear. Like, it's definitely sort of indicative of current world events in a much more direct way than a lot of the other episodes have been. And leaping ahead a little, there is a little exchange where Kor talks about, he, he's talking about what makes the Klingon Empire great, and he says some things like we all work together as, a, as like as one as a, um, as a unit and we're all under surveillance even commanders and he points to the cameras looking at him which felt very like um very you know reminiscent of um what people thought the soviet union was like at mm -hmm. the time um working together as a whole is bad Ew. evil yuck oh yucky let's I... all just be individualists just think about ourselves yeah. the whole time and freedom let's go <laughs> I, do, I do get into a weird space with this episode because like because i'm pretty sure the klingons are supposed to represent the soviet union i want to defend them but they are also kind of jerks oh yeah they love me the soviet union wasn't you know the best ever no no state is but that's a discussion for another time. <laughs> See, here's the thing that's interesting as well okay so we've kind of set up they land on this planet they meet the organians who are the this sort of all-knowing like you know, native population of this planet. Um, they have this kind of, like, psychic ability to kind of know what is happening anywhere on the planet, which is, you know, ooh, alien powers. And then you've got the, um, the USS Enterprise and the Federation, who are meant to represent America. And then you've got Klingons, who are these sort of, like, communist kind of stand-ins. Who are the Organians, then? Well, here's the thing, because I had the really uncomfortable feeling at first that the Organians were meant to be, like, yeah, any, you know, less, quote marks, lesser, inferior race, or, I don't know about you guys, but I was taught, like, in primary school back in that different era of the 
whenever it was. 2000s. Long ago. But, um, you know, like, oh, the Aboriginal people were completely peaceful and, you know, they had no concept of, like, property or ownership or anything. So they didn't put up a fight when the white people arrived and they just, you know, acquiesced and happily became, you know, underlings because mm. blah, blah, blah. And that was very much the vibe I got, like, oh, these poor people, they're not even smart or advanced enough to, like, to stand up for themselves. Mm. But I think that that's really interesting that then, if we're taking that kind of, what that's what Star Trek is doing in this episode, is they're sort of having a stand-in for the colonised, um, as these sort of passive, non-violent people. But then they do kind of have this sort of, like, mysticism and they also have this sort of like ability to defend themselves in these sort of really intense ways like to jump right towards the end the way that they're able to kind of avert war between uh the federation and the klingons is by making all of their weapons really hot like they go up to 360 <laughs> degrees or whatever mm. federation you know if they're going to figure it out. We jump around. <laughs> Between Fahrenheit and Celsius, whatever. Really hot. Why so they can't actually it's pick... not cool. Yeah, it's very hot. And so they can't pick up their guns. And then basically the Organians like, what are you going to do? And they're like, oh. So it's like they do have this like really intense power. And they're able to stop the colonizers from taking over their planet and to piss off. So maybe it's this sort of like... More than that. They get then go, I am now standing on the home planet of the Klingons and the home planet of the Federation. Yes. Like, yeah. they big. The entirety of the fleet, they stop from engaging in war. Mm. Because, like, spoiler alert, it's another omniscient alien for Star Trek. Another one that's evolved beyond the use of human body, of physical form. The, these ones don't suck as much as um, Gary Mitchell from the pilot, Charlie XCX from... There was, there's definitely... Oh, the big brain... Oh. Well, they're not oh, the missing. The tentacle brain guys. What are they know, called? The, the feudal one who's, whose mum and dad turn up Oh, Squire of Oh, yes! Yeah. Squire of like, <laughs> Oh, God. What if we told you about playing with these primitive... Can I just, again, say that I love that his... As, a, as an omniscient alien, his accent goes from... Yeah, I'm the Squire of Gothos. Ooh, and, and then when he's exposed as a child, his accent switches to, ah, oh, jeez, mom. <laughs> Ridiculous. It really does. I put on an accent as a kid when I was playing Make Believe, didn't you? True. <laughs> like, come on. But why does his accent go back to, like, a child from New York? <laughs> anyway, that's, that's another episode. So I feel like I've jumped way ahead. So we've kind of got this, this sort of, and so that setup of, like, the two different sort of powerful like international or in this in this case Galactic. intergalactical forces um with this sort of like passive um seemingly like stupid and unrefined and unevolved species but Spock describes them as like stagnant for thousands of years yeah I, the whole time i was like spock a2 spock he's not perfect no but usually he has more of an idea of cultural relativity than that yeah, I think, like, Spock, I think he ch he has problems with, like, nuance. I feel like he wants it to be, like, something. And if the if the radar that he's using to analyse it... Tricolor. Tricolor. <laughs> wow. Get it right. Wow. Like, if the thing he's using to measure whatever says D-, minus, he's going to be like, well, it's science. It's a D-. minus, mm. And so I think that's where he kind of can fall short. He's not willing to sort of engage in nuance. 
but we love Spock and we love Leonard Nimoy and God, I want to go back and watch that episode where he cries. There's more episodes where he cries. Oh, just he's beautiful with those tight cropped pants and those boots and he's crying. Look, every other episode is him crying about how he doesn't have emotions. Oh, it's, look, as someone who came of age in like the emo era, there's something about a dark haired tall man crying that makes me go like, Hell yeah, let me look after you. What do you need? Yeah. Oh. He's a hottie. He's a space elf and he's a hottie. He's a space elf. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely love Spock. We'll support to the end and I just want to get rid of fucking Willy Shats so that I can get in there. Here's the thing, like, I, I, I don't like William Shatner because he's a bad person, but I don't mind Kirk. Kirk's okay. You like Kirk? He, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> I don't mind him, and I can see why the shippers ship it. They I see why the street. Well, the thing is, I see why the shippers ship it as well because it's like not fucking subtle in the slightest. But like, I don't like Kirk. I find him so annoying, and he's so like brash, and he's so self-involved, and he just goes in and he's like, "I'm gonna fix things because I'm Kirk. Shut up!" And I'm just like, "It's yeah, so then, stupid." But then in the end, he's like. Oh, but I'm embarrassed because I realised that they were right and I was wrong and I was behaving like a dick. Like, you know, he's a little bit self-aware. Yeah, he does have his moments. Yeah. Less less than Spock, but... Yeah, I just... I don't know. I just I think I just find him annoying and I'm finding it really hard to move past him. There are just no better dudes other than Spock <laughs> to pair Spock, Spock with. That's <laughs> the problem. We have to ship him with someone. Why can't he just go on trips with, like... straight then. I'm trying to make it straight because I hate the games. Spoiler. Wow, cancels um, on National Coming Out Day. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, okay. But we're almost approaching what I would say is the horniest moment. Oh, oh right. Okay, so if I know, if I can guess what the scene you're referring to is, um, as a prelude to that, um, so Kirk beams down. Um, he pleads with the Organians to let the Federation occupy the planet so that the Klingons can't. Um, which does... And the Organians are just like, nah. But, but yeah, they're, they're consistently like, no, we'll be fine. There is no danger. We're not in danger. It's going to be fine. Maybe just go. They say verbatim a bunch of times, like, mm, how little you understand us. They do, a lot. <laughs> oh, just before we get to the horniest moment, I do want to go back to the whole reading of them as... Um, you know, uh, a native population who is considered to be less technologically advanced. When Spock tells Kirk, he's like, this is a D-minus planet, they've been stagnant for 10,000 years, there's no development of any kind. Um, Kirk's like, great, thanks for that info, I'll use that against them. Mm, they're like, we can come and bring you education yeah. and weapons and food technology, it's going to be great, we're going to up your quality of life so much. I mean, you barely have any public amenities, you so I had to walk for like 200 meters to find a public bathroom. This sucks. I just peed in the street like a green goat. Yeah. There's no way that they were not aware of what they were doing there. Come on. How yeah. can that not be a commentary about colonialism? I do think it's intentional, but I think in other settings, I think the, the US Federation analogy is intended to be positive. True. Yeah, but in this episode, I absolutely agree. I think it was intentional. Was this right or irregular? Was it DC Fontana? No, she no. was a script supervisor. Right. 
We'll have to... There's some other guy. Somebody look that up, and I will uh, continue to describe events leading up to the horniest moment. Yes. The Klingons... We've really got to, like, build up to the horniest moment. Oh, yeah. There has to be, like, some sort of, you know... (laughs) Some tension. Yeah. The Klingons arrive in force. The Enterprise has to flee the overwhelming might (laughs) of the Klingons. Yeah. The Klingons beam down their hundreds <laughs> onto the planet. Should I go? We might need some time on <laughs> The Klingons burst into the into the room, thrusting ah! themselves into a situation. <laughs> and they stand before Kirk and the Organians, legs apart. Um, oh. And and <laughs> will lead into the horniest moments. <laughs> I, lo- I really appreciated that setup. I'm feeling very flustered. I'm I need like... to go have a cold shower. Oh, I'm feeling very hot. Um, <laughs> just like the uh, weapon control. Just stuff like your game. <laughs> <laughs> I might need to edit that sound down. <laughs> um, so they, they come into the room and the main guy, the leader of the Klingons is like, hey, my name's I'm the boss and he approaches the board of elders and he's like hey it's me it's Kor I'm here to dominate you this is my planet now I'm a Klingon get ready for it and since then um, Spock and Kirk have been disguised as Organians mm. and he goes up to well Spock, Spock's dis- uh, disguised as a Vulcan trader whatever and he goes up to Kirk and is like who are you and Kirk doesn't say anything. Well, what, what, what name do they give him? Like Barona. 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 Which is also, I'm pretty sure, the name of a sanitation company in The Sopranos. Oh, man. Fun fact. I'll never stop bringing up The Sopranos. You can't stop me. <laughs> and he goes, like, face-to-face right up to Kirk and is like, who are you? And Kirk doesn't say anything and he says... One of the, one of the elders says his name is Barona. He's yeah. one of our foremost citizens. That's right. And then he says... Oh, does he not have a tongue? Uh, oh. And then um, Kirk says, I do have a tongue. And he says, <laughs> do you know how to use it? And I was like, oh, core! I love that we're coming back to like horny Star Trek. Because mm. it's so, I just, I know from what you've told me that Gene L. Roddenberry is like, homoeroticism? You're confusing Gene L. Coon <laughs> with Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> Gene Roddenberry, when he was making Star Trek, was like, homoeroticism? Absolutely not! Not on my Star Trek! None of the cast and crew, um, all of them are like, no, 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 there was no chemi- there was no intended and gay. I just want to like, sit them down and be like, it's okay. We've watched it. Mm. How could there not be? <laughs> One other thing that I really want to talk about is the uniform of the Klingons. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Gold. Gold. And his gold... Reminiscent of the Romulans, though they had gold um, and also purple, which mm. was very nice. Well, the the Klingons kind of had these like chainmail kind of gold pants, mm. and then this kind of like shimmery gold top, and then they have these like fucking insane eyebrows that almost connect their hairline. Don't forget to their like eyebrows. the sequined gold like sash. Oh yes, the sash. The, uh, the baldric. What's yeah. a sash? It's a baldric. What's, What's the a baldric? difference? It's that thing. It's a sash. I'm sorry. I think I know what the Klingons wear across their chests a little bit. But that was a really horny moment for me because after that, because um, Core from the Klingons is like, don't trust smiling men and all of the um, 
all of the guys from Organia are like chilling out. They're smiling. They look high this whole time. They're just like, hey man, like that's just your opinion. Like they're all just chilling. And then um, Kirk is just there at, like real cross the whole time. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I like you. Come with me. And I'm like, ooh, ooh what are you going to do with him? Speaking of um, Klingons and horny moments, can I just say that particularly um, from next gen onwards, in which Klingons actually uh, received a huge redesign. They had like, <laughs> like forehead ridges. They've got like these big, like bony They're foreheads. They're proper aliens. Yeah, they like really, yeah, mixed them up. Which they then try to address in Star Trek Enterprise. How do you know that? Enterprise. Yeah. Discovery. But no, they didn't address it in Discovery. No, they do. Do they? No, do it. no they wait. Don't. Which one is what? that? What? <laughs> <laughs> Which one is it that they're like, um, oh, we don't talk about those. That was Deep Space Nine. How have I seen it? Or have you just described I showed it you in that such I showed detail. you that episode. We watched that episode called yeah, Back on Track. It's a great episode, yeah. which is edited along with an original series oh, episode. Yeah. yeah, we'll get to it. Anyway. I'm excited. Trouble Tribbles, yeah. We love the Tribbles. The, the, these guys aren't like aliens. They're just, um, they're just non-white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that they they have like those kind of um, long kind of wispy moustaches that are so stereotypically associated with East Asian populations. Yeah. So it's a bit yikes. Oh, it's so it's so yikes. And lots of like heavy dark it reminded, foundation. It just reminded me a lot of you know Doctor Who and like the talons of Wang Chiang. Oof. And like you know the Mandarin or like all yeah the, yeah all that all that fun stuff. Which for our non Doctor Who uh, listeners and fellow podcasters, <laughs> um, Doctor Who. It, it was it was yellow face. <laughs> cool. What a fun time. But no, I want to go back to Klingons because I find Klingons uh, when they received their like redesign and they were really like aggressive and brutish and angry. They were super hot, especially especially Klingon women. Like, mm, mm, mm. you love an aggressive woman. The ultimate tops. <laughs> She's not wrong. Mm. Like, it's ca- it's canon that Klingons <laughs> bite during sex. Are Klingons the one with like multiple penises as well? Yes, that is I also. Remember you yes, me that. yes. <laughs> Forked penises. Discovery made it canon that Klingons have two penises. Yikes. Well, you watch Discovery. I know, but I blocked that from my memory. <laughs> <laughs> They seem very sexually aggressive. Well, they are. Yeah, they are. They're just generally <laughs> aggressive. But whereas, in, like in this episode, before they became big, became big scary aliens, before that, apparently in this episode, they're just like slightly short, Asian coded dudes, which is yeah, ugh. yeah, not great. And they're jerks, I guess. But at least they're <laughs> honest. But at least they're honest about it, you know? Like he's self-aware. Yeah, he's like. Hey guys, here to enslave you all. Like, you're under my rule, let's go. That's what we do. It's yeah. great. And it's glorious. Yeah, being a Klingon's great. Um, there's gonna be a lot of rules. Um, and if you don't like him, I'm gonna kill you. But yeah, the beautiful thing is like he's he's like, we love war. War is great. We love proving that we're superior. And then he goes to Kirk, we're just like you. And Kirk's like, no, we're not. And then later on, Kirk goes and proves that he was right. Yeah. Because the the climactic scene in which the Organians are like yeah, look, we've let this go on far enough, but we're just going to stop everyone in the galaxy from being able to do war. Um, so just chill, guys. And Kirk's um, like, dummy spit! Yeah, Kirk and Kor, like, freak out. They're like, we were going to have a war, dude. You can't do this. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> we and, have a legitimate grievance. Yeah. 
Cole, Cole was like, yes, me and my mortal enemy Kirk are in perfect agreement. <laughs> we are here to fight a war. On water! Which I again... I'm here in war! Again, Kirk does admit at the end that he, he was a little bit fucked there, but... Um, He's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed because I got mad at the Organians for trying to prevent a war that I didn't want. <laughs> but in, in the same way that I have a crush on, like, um, you know, orc women from, like, Elder Scrolls and stuff. That's... Yeah, they're hotties. Oh, let's not go down that path. <laughs> Moving on. Klingons are just... Oh, women? From the ones who Yes. The... <laughs> it's, it's the aggressive <laughs> topness. Start an Elder Scrolls podcast. <laughs> how dare you come on our podcast and say, Hey guys, how about you stay on topic? You're coming on to our podcast and telling us to stay on topic? And the voice how of the dare... listeners. You know yeah. how much time I've spent in my car? Like... <laughs> Oh wow, that's our first. I think that's our first review. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's our first review is get, get, stay on topic, get back to it. No, but it's also been so many times like, oh, if I were there, I would make such a witty comment right now. <laughs> <laughs> I have just disproved. <laughs> oh, you're nailing it. Don't worry. Oh, thanks. You're doing a great job. <laughs> nice. Um, should we get back on track? Where are we? Oh, we haven't talked about the Mind Flayer, like, stripper, shaker, mixer The Mind Flayer is a, is a monster from D&D. They call it the Mind Ripper, yep. the it, Mind Sifter, yes, and the Mind, the mind Scanner. I'm glad uh, someone was paying attention. <laughs> and and the, way, the way Corb was talking about it, like, you knew that he just got it, and he was, like, really excited to use it. Because yeah. he kept bringing it he up. He was like me with an Aldi special vibe. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they initially use it... So when they first um, are suspicious of Kirk and Spock, yep. um, they take Spock and are like, we're going to have a dig around your brain. But because Spock is a diligent, respected, and intelligent young man, he's able to completely guard his mind against this mind shield. Yes, he puts a shield up. But... Um, Core kind of uses this mind sifter as a threat to Kirk quite a lot. Um, and it's, yeah, he brings it up so much that he clearly just got it and he's like, God, I want to use it. I just it. love the moments where he's like, it's a mind sifter or a mind ripper, depending what setting we have it on. <laughs> There's nothing it can't, like, find out. And then you just cut to Spock, who's just raising one of his perfect eyebrows. Like, oh, really? <laughs> they must have filmed a million shots of Spock just raising an eyebrow. <laughs> I feel like we've gotten so excited about so many of the points of this episode that we're missing so much of the plot. Like, we haven't even talked about the fact that Kirk and Spock destroy an ammunitions drop mm-hmm. from the Klingons. Um, Klingons, and they do the most normal human run I've ever seen in my life. Spock does a little scoot. Yeah, they neither of them can run, <laughs> and you know, Kirk does his thing where he climbs upstairs on all fours, like, like yeah. he's a he's a child. Look, we've all done it. <laughs> Yeah, as children. And then Spock's like, zoom! Like, it's the only word to use for He's got his, like, head down. He's doing like a to run. Yeah. <laughs> See, I thought of it as a scoot. Neither of them can move like people. That's why they're a couple. That's what they've got in common. So, were there any other things that we've missed? 
Look, I, I, I kind of want to go on my um, political tangent. Do it, do it, do it, do it. All right, here we go. Quick sticks. This is our political segment. It's called... Um, great. So I think this is another episode that exposes the Federation as a liberal imperialist project. Um, cause this is, don't, don't, don't condescend to me. So the previous episode, which I never got to deliver my, um, uh, hot political takes on the dancer in the dark. No, that's the Bjork movie, devil in the dark. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. Thanks so which, much. which was also written by Jean L. Coon. Yeah. Oh, the episode, not the Bjork movie. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good Star Trek facts. Yeah, Jean right. L. Coon did two, wrote two episodes in season one, and they were that one and this one. Oh, there you go. There you go. I, Thanks, Fia. Oh my God. I, I think Jean L. Coon might have been like a bit of a commie. Um, anyway, so... <laughs> Devil in the Dark. Okay, which one's Devil in the Dark? With the Horta, the, you know, he's all like, pain, suffering, my eggs. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. like, we can all work together. Yeah, well. And then we made a hilarious joke when we were watching, we're like, you're such a horta. <laughs> Did we? Yeah, at least I thought it. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> look, going with, that's my hot political take. This is Ellie's political segment. <laughs> Um, so that episode is resolved by the only resolution being that the Horta is able to provide some kind of like commercial material value to the miners who are there to exploit the natural resources of the planet. And they're like, oh, well, we can, we can commercially benefit from the existence of the Horta. So I guess we won't smash all her eggs. And that I think exposes the Federation as being a very colonialist, very liberal, exploitative um, superficially benevolent, but um, yeah, exploitative uh, project, much like the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, and this episode does the same thing. Like it's it's the Federation is shown as or is implied to be as warmongering as the Klingons, which is like mm-hmm. a really surprising thing um, for like the accepted politics of the time in the U.S. Given that McCarthyism had been like a decade prior. Mm. Yeah, it's it's I, I, I really like this episode for the fact that um, it really shows the Federation to be implied to be as bad as the Klingons. Um, the fact that it like underestimates, willfully underestimates a, a native population and and so like, oh, they they you know, we, we can help uplift them. We're so benevolent. We can protect them from the Klingons. They've just got to let us, you know, like settle on this planet and and like assimilate them. But then it becomes like. I am disgusted by you. You are sheep. I am happy to die, but not for the likes of you. Which isn't the middle point in in the show. Yeah, but I think that's, I mean, that's ultimately proven to be like a bad opinion to have. Mm. And that they're being this sort of self-involved and imperialist and sort of patronizing um, society. And I think that's really interesting because I feel like, you know, it's what, 60 years later and we're only now just starting to have those conversations around, you know, the, the negative effects of colonialism in a more, you know, mainstream sense, obviously. Um, in a Western sense. Yes, for sure. So, and then you're having all these conversations as well around like, well, maybe America like isn't as great as it thinks it is. And like, all I know, I know, it's shocking. And like all of these sort of ideas around like colonialism and imperialism and all this sort of stuff. 
And I think that like, you know, 60 years ago, even though it feels now quite mild and quite moderate and quite measured, I think it's still like, you know, really spot on about going like, hey, like maybe we shouldn't just go in and make assumptions and be brash and be warmongering, maybe passivity and, um, you know, negotiation is more of the way to go. Are you saying that Star Trek was ahead of its time? I know. In terms of attitudes towards... <laughs> paternalism uh, towards nation states? I know, and it's a brand new opinion made by me, Lucinda. Wow. Look, I am going to go out on a limb and say, I think this is still pretty radical. Yeah, no, I, will, I was actually not being sarcastic. Yeah. No, because I, <laughs> I know like Lucinda was saying it's it's not as uh, radical today, but I, I think it's still kind of like out there to For imply the time, that... yeah. Yeah. And you have to wonder, again, like, again, we are very attuned to this. Being from the time and, let's be real, like, you know, social group <laughs> that we're in. Whereas you, you have to wonder how many people back in the day would have picked up on that, watching it, or even, like, being part of it. Like, how many people in the crew actually... Oh, maybe that's me being condescending. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing what the Federation did. <gasps> oh You're God. just the Federation on the podcast. I interject here and just every time it's, like, Organians, I'm just like... Oh, like Leia. Leia Organa. Leia Organa. Yeah. Royal family of Alderaan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, this we don't discuss the other star franchises. We can only have one star. We don't talk about Star Dew Valley. We don't talk about <gasps> Star... No, not allowed. No, okay, we don't talk no about Stargate. No, no Stargate. Star... Evil. No Star versus the Forces of Evil. Not, not allowed any other star franchise. Just Star Trek. Okay. the podcast. Star, oh, Stardust. No, oh, we like Stardust. No, no not on this podcast, oh, we don't. <laughs> Only one star franchise. Okay. Alright, should we get to our ratings? Fia, would you like to choose our rating system for this episode? I think I know what she's going for. Um, I think we're going to go with how many uh, Kirk's tongues. <laughs> Five. <laughs> Yum. I think that's what Spock wants to know too. <laughs> Okay, Fia, guess, guess goes first. Honestly, I think it was great, and I'm going to say four Kirk's tongues out of five. <gasps> wow, that's little, a lot of tongue. Little, little, little. I think that, okay, like, obviously the fact that there were no women in it whatsoever is a bit of a, mm, not great. True. Like, I mean, Uhura, Why are there no women on the planet? Uhura, yeah. Uhura was briefly in it, Uhura like, had, like, seconds. one line, she was like, Kirk, one. And that was it. Um... Obviously, that's a downside. However, I think for the politics and the message and just the sheer horniness, we have to we have to you know give it its due. Which is it really bad of me to have just now gone? Wow, there really were no women. Like I think it's a combination of living in a patriarchal society and also watching Star Trek for too long. But it's gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, there really weren't any women. Wow, that does suck. So yeah, that's definitely gonna that's gonna impact my rating as well. But continue with your justification. Mm-mm-mm. Um, that was it. Basically, the, there were no women, but other than that, it was great. Mm-hmm. And that's why I got my four, four Kirk's tongues out of five rating. Mm. Ellie? Yeah, I think I'm also kind of rating it just on the merit of that, of that political message. I'm, I'm also going to give it four out of five. I, I, I really like that, that message um, at the height of the Cold War, that like both sides are kind of seeking out war here. They're both kind of fucked. I'm going to be contrary and give it a three and a half. Disgusting. So, the reason why I'm taking a half mark off from you guys 
is I agree that, you know, no women, not great. Mm. But the message is really interesting, which is why I'm not giving it a straight up three or a lower. But, you know, I love a silly episode. I love more moments where there are laughs. I love a moment where there's still room for fun. And I think because this message was so central to the story and it was so important to get this message across, that there wasn't that time in the episode for that levity and that moment for comedy that I really love. I think some of the things I love the most in Star Trek that even though it's kind of wrestling with these like moral quandaries and these, you know, questions around what should and shouldn't, you know, be allowed or what all these sort of like questions, I think there should always be this room for levity and fun. And I just really didn't get that in this episode. It was pretty heavy the whole way through. Um, so I would like a little bit more of that lightness and that fun, which I don't think was really there for this episode. Yeah, no, absolutely true. It was one of the less, like, fun episodes. But there was one fun moment, which, as per usual, was at the expense of uh, Spock's logicality, um, in which he offered um, the odds of success of their munitions explosion mission as uh, 7,241.8 to 1. You know, we got a little bit of um, 7,421, and Spock's like, 7,421.7. Which, look... I love all of the original series, Vulcan jokes. Whenever, whenever, no, whenever McCoy is like, ah, oh, you, you, you damn uh, logical bastard, you almost seems human then, and Spock's like, how dare you insult me? I I've love got to say that. that maybe I should give it a higher rating because McCoy wasn't I the was episode. literally just about to say that, like, listen, I'm surprised at you. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should give it back that half a point. No Scotty either. Yeah, I also hate Nim. Scotty's fun. He's not as bad as Ugh, McCoy. McCoy, I hate. Even though there was that one episode where we were watching it together and every time I was like, but what about this? And then, and then Scotty was, said this. No, McCoy. McCoy was straight away like, but what about this? And I'm like, shut up! Why is it first? Well, I've been Captain Ellie. And I've been Superintendent Lucinda. What the fuck? What's more than a captain? Admiral. Commander. Admiral. No, commanders are below captains. Admiral. I'm Admiral Lucinda. Ugh, fear. Um, I'm uh, second mate, fear. Jesus Christ, goodbye. Well, I can't be first officer because Charlie Look, okay, was. Do you, do you want do you want the do you want the ranks? Fine. Right, you can have No, no I know what they are. I was making a funny joke. Charlie <laughs> was first officer and then I was second mate. Second mate's not a thing. I'm Emperor oh, Lucinda. First officer then. Second officer? I don't think so. Yeah. Really? Can I be like supreme leader? That's Blake Seven. <laughs> Can I be Emperor? You know what? Let's start again. <laughs> no, I love this. Keep it in. I'll be Ensign. That's fine. You can be like Lieutenant Commander. Oh, no, I'm happy to be Ensign. No, go be, le be Lieutenant Commander. Why do we need to play into... The ranks of the Federation. Because we're in Starfleet. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Yeah, fine. Then I am Commander Core of what? the Klingon Empire. <laughs> I'm Captain Kirk of the 